Welcome to the Roboticist Chronicles, an ARC Specialties podcast, where we get into the nuts and bolts of robots, automation, and the implications of an evolving machine workforce. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Market Scale Studios. Today, my guest is Dan Alford, the president of ARC Specialties. Dan, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me always awesome to get a chance to talk to you and you have so much insight just in different areas and so I'm excited to get a chance to explore today just this idea of how businesses can be set up and, and you can approach business I suppose and every business whether they want to admit it or not has some sort of philosophy governing what type of power they give employees and how much uh, freedom they have to explore and just how you set the company up in general how you know where sales sits where different people are positioned in the company all of these are conscious decisions whether businesses want to admit it or not that they have done to set them up uh, a specific way and so I'm curious just to hear from you just a little bit more about what your philosophy is regarding how you've set up our specialties and and, and where you've gained a lot of wisdom from um, when it came to uh, how you approach uh, your business. Yeah, and that's key to it all. I mean, our technology is sound, and, and that's what people are buying, but you still have to have some kind of a corporate culture to get this stuff done. And so I only had one business class in college, okay? So, you know, <laughs> everything else was technical because that was what was fun, and that's what I was interested in. You know, so I checked the one box, and we drove on. But So I, I kind of felt badly about that. So I, I really tried to read some of these consultants' books and I, I just couldn't get through it. I don't have the attention span, I suppose. And I'm kind of glad because uh, I've been doing this since 79 and I've watched so many business fads come and go and none of them last. What lasts longer, your cell phone in your pocket or the latest business fad as far as uh, as far as how to set up a business? I, I think they have a shelf life for a reason because you know they need to come up with something else in, you know, a couple of years later. That's a good point. So, so what I've, I've done is, is I follow other people. You know, I think Jimmy Buffett says, uh, I've read dozens of books about heroes and crooks, and I've learned much from both of their styles, and that's kind of what I do. I like to talk to people that have succeeded and have failed, and I want to know what's unique about each one of those. So where do you go to get that type of information, and, and who have you drawn particular inspiration from? Uh, well, I'm also kind of an airplane nut, so uh, you can combine both if you'll read about Lockheed Skunk Works. So uh, uh, Kelly Johnson started that group and created some of the most impressive airplanes uh, that are still flying, the U-2, the SR-71, and fortunately for us, uh, he also wrote an autobiography. That's pretty incredible. So it's obviously something that you've read and gone to and you've learned something from. So what was it about how he set up Skunk Works that really uh, appealed to you and that you've taken and really and really run with? Um, two things. Not only was he a superb aircraft designer and revolutionary, but he's a good businessman. He, you know, you have to make money in this world. And uh, he, so he was always focused on that, but he wasn't a mercenary about it. Uh, in many of the cases, he would actually give back money at the end of the project if, uh, if he had saved money. So I thought that was good. But I like the way he treated people. It was small groups, and he would empower the project managers with total autonomy. So if you give somebody responsibility, at least give them the ability to control their destiny. Hmm. That's a really that's a really interesting point. Now, one of the things I think when we talk about what our specialties does and it's robotics and it's uh, you know it's automation, and I think 
it can be easy for people to remove the human aspect from it. But you're saying that you actually focus in more on uh, the people that work for you and always keep people at the center of everything. And I think that might be counter to what people on the outside might assume about a company that does automation and robotics. Well, when you get right down to it, we have a, a building full of machines but what's most significant is the team that I built up. Mm. And so, yes, you need to empower them. That's another thing that Kelly emphasized was you reward the people based upon what they create, not how many people they manage. So at Arc Specialties, we have two parallel career paths. If you insist, you can go into management. But if you would rather become technically excellent, that's what I need. That's really interesting because I think what you see a lot of times just in typical business in the way that the traditional hierarchical structure is set up is that um, in order to move up the chain, you have to be willing to take on the managing of people. And that's just not everybody's specialty. So what you're saying is you will actually reward people for being technically good at their job without them having to also be in charge of people. Because let's be honest, that's not some people's strength. Some people are just really technically gifted and good at what they do, but you don't want to put them in charge of other people, but because of how business is set up in America, sometimes that's required for people to advance and climb up the ladder. And that's regrettable. And, and in a large business, maybe you have the luxury of being able to have that many extra people, but uh, in a small business, it, it's seldom the case. So, you know, we have an HR person, you know, they'll, they'll deal with the small mundane things, but the managers, uh, even if they're managers, they still should be capable of doing some real work because a good manager hires the right people, gives them the tools, gives the people a challenging task, and then lets them work. So this is obviously kind of a system of setting up your company that has resonated with you that you learned um, from the example at Lockheed. Why do you think that this um, has endured so far beyond some of the other uh, fads and things? Other things have come and gone, but this has really been an enduring principle, something that has lasted for a long time. What is it that allows it to do that? Uh, people respond well to it, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and you don't add layers of bureaucracy. Uh, in some of these trendy uh, business plans, you're adding layers of bureaucracy and you're adding certification and, and all sorts of stuff. And instead of that, we're focused on the task. And, and that's what we, you know, that's why we came to work was to build a robot system. You, we've talked in a, in a previous podcast about it being important for you at Arc Specialties to remain nimble in the marketplace. How does this really allow for that to happen? Oh, it's essential because we don't know if we're going to be doing potatoes or plutonium or welding or which country we're working in. You know, we have to remain nimble because business is cyclical. And if you insist on sticking with one product in one industry in one region, uh, you're doomed. Mm -hmm. And that's how we survived as long as we have. So uh, what I do is I encourage all the employees to, to without hesitation, to question anything. And uh, I've got one story. We were, uh, were kind of the leaders in rock bit welding. You know, Howard Hughes' invention was rolling cone rock bit weld, ro rolling cone rock bits. So we're the guys that weld it. We do it in China, Russia, U.S. Everybody's got my machine. So one of the customers says, hey, Dan, can you automatically load this machine? I said, you bet. I said, I'm real smart. We'll take a robot and we'll, we'll load it in. And I got back to the shop, started talking to my engineers, and Daryl said, boss, you're having a six-axis robot hand this to a five-axis machine. I said, yeah, that's right. And he said, that's stupid. I said, well, how are you going to do it? He says, well, if the robot's holding it, it might as well weld it. So he went out to the shop, and he developed an off-robot tool center point software routine. He developed a, uh, the ability to shake the part, retune the robot based upon load. A couple of key, really clever software features worked very well. And uh, guess what? He was right. 
<laughs> and then that goes back to Kelly, you know, empower your people and also keep it simple. So one six-axis robot is much simpler than a six-axis robot plus a five-axis machine. That's a great point, and that requires a, probably a combination of things happening. But one, it, it requires your you know employee uh, to feel empowered to go to you and say, "Boss, you're wrong." And two, it requires you to not have such an ego that you fire him on the spot for telling him that you know, for him telling you that you're being stupid about it. So right, he didn't requires- say wrong; he said stupid. <laughs> so it requires that combination of factors, right? I- indeed, and uh, but we brainstorm and. And uh, I've, I've kind of come to believe that's also primarily an American phenomenon because I work all over the world. Uh, but when I'm working in other countries and I start to do what we call brainstorming, other people think it's arguing. Yeah. And uh, we think it's a free exchange of idea. Nobody's ego gets hurt. Uh, and we rely on that at Arc Specialties. And it also provides for uh, maybe diversity of ideas. Like he had an idea that maybe you hadn't thought of. And I think that that probably... Uh, if everything has to come from one person, you're going to end up with maybe a lot of things that, that are done a similar way. But when you allow other people the freedom to think outside the box and come up with creative solutions, then you're able to act nimble in the marketplace and you're able to have uh, maybe creative solutions that wouldn't have been thought of by one person at the head of a company. Absolutely. And that's something Kelly used to do. He would bet people quarters and, uh, and he, he'd love losing. I love to lose also. Because you, you learn something from that process. Right. If it's all about me, then it's a one-man company, and, and that's the furthest from my goals. We've got a formidable team, and that's what I take pride in. So you've learned a lot from history. You really like biographies, autobiographies. What are some of your favorites, and, and what have been some of the lessons that you've learned from them? Well, you know, just to, to stick with the Lockheed story, uh, what I think was really powerful about what Kelly did was uh, not only did he create a culture that created all these fantastic airplanes, uh, but he created a culture that endured past his retirement. So the fellow that took over from him is Ben Rich. So now you have to go by Ben's book, which was uh, The Skunk Works. So that was the title of his book. And can you imagine having to try to fill the shoes of this this giant? And and Ben not only did it, and the book's fascinating. Uh, he knew that he had to, you know, take the music and make it his, so to speak. And he's the fellow that discovered uh, stealth technology. He created stealth technology, and it, interestingly, it was from a, a Russian mathematician's paper that was published here in the U.S. He recognized the significance of it, while the Russians didn't. And this is the beginning of our stealth aircraft and ships. That's pretty incredible. Got to read the book. I, I, I absolutely have to now. So when did you first um, kind of start to implement these ideas or has it been something that's been at the heart of ARC uh, the entire time or has it been something that you've learned gradually where you thought, oh man, I need to empower my employees. We need to you know, be able to, uh, to focus more on the human being aspect of the people that work here. Um, or, or, you know, was that something that happened gradually or was there a switch that flipped all of a sudden where you said, uh, you know what, something needs to change here? Um, started in the right direction, fortunately. You know, and it's a simple matter. You know, treat people as, as you'd like to be treated. And that's, that's the way I like to build projects. And so you know, we would empower my project managers and, and, and treat them the way I like to be. And then as you go through life, you, you, you get more examples, read more books, watch more successes and failures. So we've refined it. You know, because as you grow, you, you know, some things uh, have to become a little bit more formal. But uh, fortunately for me, we picked a good vector to start with. And I think one of the things is that uh, when you allow people to feel heard and when you allow ideas to be brought to the forefront, you give people 
um, a stake in the overall success of you know their ideas and of ARC specialties. And I think that uh, the employees of ARC would probably say that they feel in more invested than if they were at a place where um, you know, everything was top down and they were, you know, dictated to what your day to day is going to be. And there's no creative thinking, there's no ideas. And there's something to be said for people feeling invested. And I think that people do better work that way. Right. And that's my job now is, uh, is continuity. So we're trying to keep, keep people happy. Oh, when one of the guys referred to our specialties as the robot club, I was delighted. You know, that, that, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Why isn't that the name of this podcast? Uh, maybe it should be. I think maybe it should be. Anyways. <laughs> and so uh, we give out a Rolex after 10 years. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've given out 25 Rolexes. So wow. And so, you know, you walk through the shop, you see a lot of Rolexes laying around, you know, and, and that's good because we need continuity for my sake. It keeps allows me to sleep at night, but it, it's for my customers too. You know, if, if, they, uh, if their machine was built by John, John's going to be the guy maintaining it. They can always call John on the phone. they got his cell number. Uh, and that's huge for my customers, so it's it's selfish also. And that continuity also helps build that company culture, which then allows it to even go you know a step further than maybe just you saying, "Hey, yeah, have ideas. That's great. You know, come to me with with these ideas. Tell me I'm stupid. Tell me I'm wrong, and we can we can argue it out. We can have a, a conversation about it." Having people that are that have been around for a long time then helps kind of when uh, business expands and when you have uh, new employees helps that culture carry on and carry over to new people. Exactly, and and that enthusiasm is contagious, and so we'll get on a new job, you know, and this one may have machine vision, let's say, or you know, some interesting technology. And I've worked at places where you, know, you get a new job and everybody everybody try to back off. Oh, you know, I'm busy. I don't want to do it. But at Arc Specialties, instead, I watch them fight over it. You know, they, they'll, hey, I haven't gotten to do one of those. Or, hey, that one's in France. I want to go to Paris. <laughs> and, so, and, and I know we'll be okay if they're fighting to do the work. What's the most recent book that you've read that uh, you really felt like resonated with you that you'd recommend to people? Uh, if they're running a business or uh, maybe even if they're not and they just want to learn more about it, um, learn more about leadership and that sort of thing. What, what's something that you would recommend to people? It's a good question. Uh, I'm only halfway through it, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, first off, I recommend you read the Wall Street Journal, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I do. And I really like their book reviews. And they reviewed a book called The Range. And I'm sorry, I don't recall the author's name, but The Range is exactly the opposite of Gladwell. And, you know, Gladwell's books, I'll talk about if you do something 10,000 times, you'll be good at it. Yeah. I've forgotten the name of that book. Outliers. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Well, that's one end of the spectrum. And so what this author is saying is that, yes, that works just fine in what he calls a kind world. In a kind world, you get good feedback with good results quickly. Okay, so Tiger Woods hits the ball hard. It goes a long way. He hits it soft. It goes a short way. So he hits it medium. It goes medium. Okay, easy, understandable feedback. That's wonderful. Some people live in that world. There's a world that I live in. That's called the wicked world. In the wicked world, you don't get good feedback. It's confusing, and it may not even be present. And so the thesis of the book Range is that you need to be multidisciplinary. So you need to read the spectrum. Fortunately, I do, and uh, and that works. Up. And so when I read Gladwell, I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, I need to do something ten thousand times. But I think that this fellow is on track for for worlds like mine, where one day we're putting wicks in candles, one day we're doing something entirely different. And so we need to have a broad uh, experience. And you'll draw from one area 
and they call it analogous thinking, where you, you take an idea from one area, bring it into what apparently is something completely different. And in reality, if you're good at pattern recognition, you're simply reapplying an old solution to a new problem. So that's the book I'd recommend for you this week. That's really fascinating. I, I like the sound of that, actually. So we'll have to check that out. Um, so a- any other tips or tricks or a- anything that you would tell people uh, who are going along this path, who are listening to this thinking, that sounds really good in practice. How do you get people to buy in? How do you get that buy-in from your employees? Um, it's, it's no harder than treating people the way you want to be treated. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's so easy. Do on to others. Yeah. It, it's, that's all you need to know. Now, it still takes a certain kind of person. You know, what we do is, is tough. It's, it's the wicked world. It's not the kind world. And so we've got tough projects. In fact, one of my project engineers, he just retired, but he didn't retire very well. He keeps coming back and working for me. He just, <laughs> he's, uh, just, he just went to South America, just went to Romania. So he didn't really retire. But uh, he said in, in every project, there's a point he called the, the taco truck moment. And I said, what's that? He says, that's when you say, if I get through this project, I'm going to quit and buy a taco truck and live happily ever after. He says, but that occurs, you know, during the maximum frustration. But guess what comes right after that? A sense of achievement when you solve the problems. He said, so right after the taco truck moment becomes an intense feeling of satisfaction for having solved a really tough problem. And then I give him another project and the cycle begins anew. <laughs> so I'm guessing that that sense of achievement kind of carries you through up until the taco truck moment. And then uh, then you kind of need that that fix of the uh, uh, of the sense of achievement all over again. But Well, not all people can tolerate it. Some of them quit and buy a taco truck. And that's fine. You know, there, it's, it takes all types in the world. And we need taco trucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. This, nothing. Is, this is Texas. We have to. Oh, hey, they frequent our shop, too. But. But, you know, some people need a a structured life and some people need challenges. And so the guys that crave challenges, they fit right in. Absolutely. Well, Dan Alford, the president of ARC Specialties, thank you so much for explaining a little bit more about your philosophy, how you learned from Lockheed Martin and uh, what they do there, their example, and, uh, and you're carrying that into ARC Specialties. Thanks for your time.